Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, and Dock and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show. Just a little bit of housekeeping before we begin. I want to say a big thank you to Sean McArdle. Sean, your card and donation arrived today would you believe it Christmas card what is it the 11th of January but Sean we have it I know you're in touch with thanks indeed and I will pass that on I promise you to the Gary Kelly Centre and also a big thank you to John Moore ah he's a man of his word there's no doubt about that Uh, you might remember I spoke to John about his second little book on cookery a lovely book it is and of course he grows all his own stuff comes up with his own recipes and he was telling me last time we were chatting that his bread and butter pudding was to die for John it is <laughs> his mammy dropped it into me yesterday and I did I enjoy it yesterday evening after my little dinner I did indeed thanks a million John happy new year to you and your mam and I'm sure there'll be another book and more on the way in this new year for me but I really do appreciate it if you want to get in touch with me on the show don't forget the usual numbers 086-1800-658 you can WhatsApp me to the studio here or text or if you want to call in the new number 041 is the new LMFM number if you want to give us a shout on the phone. Now, one of our regulars, she's been a regular of ours, I can say shortly, for almost two years now since the outbreak of the pandemic is back with us on the show today. He's a rock of sense. I know you love him when he comes on to talk to us because he is so reassuring and practical when it comes to the situation we find ourselves in. He's head of the Department of Biology, director of the Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. I'll say Happy New Year to Professor Paul Miner. Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Ah, we have you. Yes, we have you there, Paul. The Happy New Year to you again, and thanks indeed for joining us on the show. Well, Paul, you're making the news big time in the last few hours. I just see since you spoke in another radio station this morning, and the Irish Times have a story up in the last hour from you as well, and a a couple of key points you're talking about. And we might as well begin with this. Look, if you look round the country, look round Europe and the world, Omicron is ripping through the population at the moment. The cases are huge. Numbers in hospitals let up but uh, critically ICU is staying uh, quite steady Paul do you reckon we're in this uh, sphere of herd immunity this word that has been mentioned many times yeah not so much of it's her- herd immunity Jerry. I think it's going to be very difficult to reach herd immunity with this virus because of waning immunity 
and because of the variants, they tend to evade our antibodies. But I think if you look at, we've just passed yesterday, I think we passed a million confirmed cases. A half million of them have been in the last eight weeks. And that's that's a significant underestimate of the actual number of infections. Most people would accept that it's a multiple of that. So in the last eight weeks, you could be looking at maybe a million, a million and a half in the country having been infected with the virus. You put that as well with people, maybe a couple of million people who've been boosted. Mm. The immunity that that generates, and I think, like and we've spoken before about this, Jerry, in terms of breakthrough infections and these variants evading uh, immunity, but they don't evade all of our immunity. They evade, they can evade the antibodies. So, in other words, these variants can lead to breakthrough infections. But importantly, there's another type of immunities that are generated that is generated by T cells. That if you're infected these T-cells get rid of the virus, stops it gaining a foothold, and that's what's stopping us make, stopping us from developing severe illness. So I think if you look at the that immunological memory that we get from vaccination, and again, the vaccination program has been really successful here, really high uptakes, couple that now with the very high levels of infection, in my mind, it gives us a really strong wall of protection in terms of our immunity that protects us from serious illness. Like you look over the last eight weeks, again, I would say maybe a million, a million and a half people infected. Yes, the hospitalizations have gone up over a thousand people in hospital with COVID, but some of them, because of the high circulating levels, are people who have the virus, but are not necessarily in the hospital because of COVID. Mm. Um, And then ICU numbers are staying at around that 80 to 90 level. So I think it's, it's telling us that the immunity we have, and this is how we get out of pandemics, because of our building immunity, the immunity that continues to build over time. You know, in in previous generations where vaccines weren't available, unfortunately, we'd have to go through this by being infected, whereas now we've got these vaccines and this vaccines, it allows us, gives us that protection so that when we're exposed to the virus itself, we already have that protection. So, and I think with time, we'll probably move away from looking at cases and infections because most of them, thankfully, are leading to very mild cases. And I think with time, rather than looking at and focusing on transmission, we'll begin to look at outcomes and trying to improve outcomes. So a wall of immunity, and that's what you've been called uh, saying, rather than herd immunity. But just a thing that crossed my mind, like Omicron is the latest variant. I'm sure there will be others down the road. Do they present an equally difficult challenge or does that challenge diminish with all you've mentioned there a moment ago? So again, to to explain, Jerry, the when you're exposed to the vaccine or to the virus, you generate two types of immunity. You make antibodies. Antibodies protect you from getting infected. But you also trigger these T cells and the T cells are, if you are infected, the T cells will eliminate the virus from the body. If you look at the spike protein that's used in the vaccine, the antibodies that we make recognize a small number of regions on that protein. Now, some of these variants can come along and can change those regions. And for that reason, the antibodies don't work as well. But the T cells recognize up to 100 different regions on the spike protein. In my view, it's going to be very difficult for a variant to change all of those regions and still be capable of infecting us. And that's what gives me so much hope in terms of that our immune system, the immunity that we generate 
both in response to infection, prior infection, but also especially uh, vaccination. That's what gives us protection. We may still not be, I think the bar is too high. We set the bar too high in terms of this expectation that the vaccines are going to protect us from infection and generate this sterilizing immunity for a respiratory microbe. I think I don't think that's going to happen. But the immunity that we do get and that protective effect that we get are through these T cells so that, yes, we may be susceptible to infection. The reality is all of us at some stage in our lives will be exposed to this virus. Most of us will end up being infected by the virus. But for most of us, because we've been vaccinated or maybe had had a prior infection, those T cells will protect us from getting very sick. There will be sadly some cases and hopefully small numbers that will translate into serious illness and sadly some deaths. But if you look again, bringing back to those figures where in the last eight weeks we've had a half million confirmed cases, much, much more in reality. And yet in the hospitals, even though we'd like to see those numbers lower, but a thousand cases in the hospital and the ICU staying steady, I think that's telling you how well the vaccines uh, are working. Uh, that, that's positive news and, and really encouraging. Take it a step further, and you've been talking about this, right? We have that wall of immunity and we're in a very good place, a much better space, of course, than 12 months ago. And you can see that if you look around you in society as well. And hopefully we'll get over the hump of this Omicron over the coming weeks uh, as the spring uh, opens up. What beyond this, because you do have a concern, say we are in a a decent place now, but beyond this, how do we deal with this going forward? How are we prepared, you know, to live with it? I think a number of different things. So I think the vaccines will give us and give us some lasting protection. Those T cells I spoke about, they tend to last for a long time. Um, I think we'll end up in situations where there is a seasonality to the virus. So I would expect to see some respite during this spring and summer uh, months. I think in the winter, we will, I think, be open to more infections and more transmission of the virus during winter time. So I think in terms of boosters, certainly you'll probably see boosters for the more vulnerable older age groups. I would expect that probably to apply. But I don't think it's sustainable in terms of boosting every three to four months because the reality is that when we boost we make antibodies but those antibodies weigh in after a number of months so we become susceptible to infection again so this ever this this continuous cycle of boosting over a number of months every three to four months i'm not sure how sustainable that is but i think there will be a place for boosters especially for the more vulnerable superimposed then on vaccines we've got antivirals coming on stream the government have just done a deal there with a the company. I know there's some controversy over this in terms of having made a deal with a number of companies with these antivirals, committed large amounts of money. But those antivirals will help. So these will be breakthrough infections which have high risk of developing severe COVID. Antivirals will help in that. So they will certainly um, complement the efficacy of the vaccines as well. So that combination of approaches, Jerry, I think will get us to the stage where we can begin to move beyond these sort of non-pharmaceutical interventions and begin to live life more normally. Will there be, you know, the requirement to wear masks further down the line next winter? Maybe, maybe to reduce transmission, maybe to reduce the burden on the health system. But then I think over time, we have to take this into account and realise that this virus is not going away. It's not going to be eliminated. It's not going to be eradicated. And at certain times in the year, especially during the winter months, 
there will be an increased burden on the health system. But again, then you have to ask the questions in terms of are we basically structuring society to protect our health system or should our health system be set up to protect us? So that's obviously a bigger question. But going forward, again, how we get out of pandemics, it's our immunity. It's our immunity, our immune system protecting. And even though we may be continuously exposed to these on an annual basis, that the protection we have for immunity is the thing that protects us. You've been talking about masks as well, and I have mine sitting here on the desk beside me. You know the one, the standard one, uh, uh, blue on the inside, white on the yeah. outside or whatever, and I'm, we wear those as we move about the building yeah. here when we're in. Um, I know yeah. you, you referred to the FFP2 stroke N5 mask, and for listeners, it's like the duck beak mask. You know, it's, you know the one I'm talking about. You'd, you'd mm-hmm. like to see more use of those masks? Yeah. Well, so so if you look at the evidence base in terms of masks working, a lot of the evidence base, a lot of the data has been sort of observational data. Some efforts have been made to do randomized controlled trials where you take one group not wearing masks and another group wearing masks and then look at how the level of protection that you see in the group wearing masks. In those randomized trials, you know, the masks do obviously work and do protect probably less than what we would, would think. But certainly the higher grade masks work better than cloth masks or indeed the surgical masks. And partly because the efficiency of filtration is much better. They're tighter fitting. So certainly I think they would they would work. But we're coming to it very late in the day, Jerry. We're, we're coming to a situation where we're looking maybe at advising the use of these at a time when we've got really good vaccines now. We've just had at least half a million people infected with Omicron over the last uh, number of weeks and probably a million, million and a half in reality. So a number of these things, whether it be antigen testing, we we just seem to come to it very late in the day. But I think the high-grade mass certainly will help. Not a panacea. We know know that. All of these different things, they do help, they do contribute. It's sort of a layering type effect. But I think the higher-grade mass would, would work better and the data would support that. No, big issue at the moment for parents is the opening up of vaccination to five years and up. And many people, and I've spoken to a number as well, are, you know, unsure about having young children vaccinated, Paul. What's your opinion? Yeah, so so I, I think the call is more marginal than it is for adults and older age groups. Thankfully, with the virus and with uh, SARS-CoV-2 and developing into severe covid for the vast majority of children, it is mild. Um, that's not to say that in some cases it doesn't d- develop into severe conditions. There is a severe inflammatory condition that can develop in children a number of weeks after being infected. It's difficult to get good data in terms of the prevalence of that. Maybe it's one in 300, one in 500, but it's difficult to get good data on that. When you look at very large numbers of children, being infected, for example, in the US, some children do that die. I think in the US, maybe five, six hundred children have died. In the UK, probably 25 to 30 children have died. So it's not a situation where children, some children, thankfully very small numbers, do not have severe illness and sadly die. So where there is a risk, Jerry, if there is a vaccine there that can offer protection and you have a choice between the vaccine and the uh, virus, I would always choose the vaccine. Now, there have been some concerns, and I've voiced some of these concerns at different stages in your program, Jerry, with respect to younger men, adolescents, 
uh, and side effect of heart inflammation associated with the RNA vaccines. And that certainly does exist. Thankfully, in this old, younger age group, in the 5 to 12s, and in, in a number of million of children in the, U, in the US have, has already been given the vaccine in this age group. And thankfully, the uh, level of myocarditis is very low in this group. Um, so again, looking the benefit, the risk, yes, it's more marginal than adult groups, but to where there is a risk, I think I would always advise if the benefit exceeds the risk, yes, take the vaccine. Paul, that's good to hear, and uh, people always appreciate the advice you have to give her, uh, to give us. Um, just finally, before we go, you know, when you reflect, we're approaching two years now in in March. Is the worst of this? Are we in the middle of the worst of it in the moment? Are we over it? You know, can you make an assessment or a call on that? No, I, I think I don't. I don't think we're in the middle of it. I, I, I think we're beyond that stage, Jerry. I think we're getting into. We, we hear of this moving from the pandemic phase into what's called sort of the endemic phase, where the virus will continue to circulate. But again, if you cast your minds back to this time two years ago, when we were just beginning to hear about this virus, we were immunologically naive. You know, we hadn't seen this virus before we're in a very different position now many of us have seen the virus many have been affected by the virus but importantly the vast majority of us have been exposed to part of the virus through the vaccine and that's through this spike protein that is given in the vaccine so we're in a very very different place we are yes with this variant the omicron we are faced with a variant that transmits really really well but on the good news front the the vaccines are working very well and also it's a milder variant and again a number of lab-based studies now showing that as it's adapted to becoming more transmissible some of those changes have also left the virus in a situation where it's very inefficient at infecting cells in the lower respiratory system and in the lungs very good at infecting cells in the upper respiratory system mm. but because it's so poor at infecting cells in our lower respiratory system and our lungs coupled to protective effects of the vaccines that makes that is those two uh, reasons explain why this variant is probably less severe than previous variants and at the same time the silver line in the clouding even though there's these really high numbers of infections now at the moment especially over the last couple of months they continue to enhance our immunity so people who've been exposed to the omicron that enhances their immunity and gives them protection against that variant with time that protection may be lost with respect to protecting against infection but will give good protection against uh, serious illness so that's a number of positive aspects there as yeah. well i think uh, jerry as we move forward good to hear paul as always and thank you so much for your time again today we really do appreciate it we'll talk soon paul anytime jerry Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Professor Paul Moynihan there, Head of the Department of Biology, Director of the Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. You'd have to be only positive, wouldn't you, after listening to what Paul had to say. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM. Happy New Year, Peter. Oh, I'll tell you, he's getting better at the writing in 2022. I have another uh, dissertation in from Peter today. And again, sure, Peter's uh, totally unhappy with vaccinations and the pandemic we've been hearing from for the guts of two years as well. Stop spreading fear. No need for vaccines. Uh, I've never been as well in my whole life 
says Peter. Good on you, Peter. And I hope your good health always continues. But it's no lie. I actually watched the start of BBC News the other night and it brought it home to me. 150,000 people dead in the UK and the... uh, the lady who uh, uh, filed the report with BBC News was absolutely brilliant and it brought it home to you. If you think this is a misnomer, I'll go down to your local hospital and ask the people in the A&E, ask them about what, what, what they've seen and what they've had to go through and the pressure they're under as well. That's the reality, you know. That is the reality of the situation. But good luck to you, Peter. Good luck with your health. I hope all stays fine for you. I wish everybody good health. But I say it again. I am trebly vaccinated, got the booster, believe in vaccines, all my family do as well. And that's uh, the way we have undertaken to deal with the current situation. And that's what I and we believe in. Now, Louise, wait till I tell you something. All my Christmases it came at once yesterday, Miss Louise Walsh. <laughs> you know I'm not... You won the lottery. Well, I tell you, you know me and Christmas and that. You always say it yourself. I, I, they ask me at Christmas, what do you, I want nothing. You know, I honestly... Do, I, I, I have to say that, and I'm not being boastful or anything, but I'm very happy with everything I have in my life. There's nothing I would say to you that would, you know... Not even Kylie. <laughs> oh, well, no. <laughs> well, no, now I'll chat with Kylie or dinner or something else. Never say never. But seriously, uh, yesterday, my new... Uh, Polytunnel arrived <laughs> from Polytunnel Direct. Well, well, it's a polycarbonate tunnel that I got from them, and I want to say a big thank you today to Polytunnels Direct. They're just outside Navin in County Mead. There to Eddie, thank you, Eddie, and to Liam and Gabriel who arrived yesterday and installed it for me. It's a Ruby Lux polycarbonate tunnel. It's four by three meters, and you know I have the greenhouse anyway. Mm-hmm. But this is just. Ah, Louise. You moving in? Oh, listen, I can't wait to get going. And Ava was up last evening in the dark looking at it and said, oh, we have loads to do gang gang now. And they put the raised beds into it for me as well, even a little bit higher to help the back. And it's just, I tell you, it's given me a great airlift. But I want to thank Eddie and the crew at Polytunnels Direct for their kindness. And so efficient and prompt. And what a job they did. And lovely people besides. And I'm looking forward to the new garden here with my new toy. What What are you going to plant first? <laughs> oh, well, look, we'll get, uh, of course, I'll get in some early salad seeds into it as well. we get some early cabbage and lettuce as well. Uh, Nikki's advising me on the green salads for sure. Early potatoes, you know, I'm sprouting those already. It's just... It's just great to get going. You know what I mean? It's just great to get going. And I have a new toy in my garden. I am just so delighted. Now, on the other hand, Miss Louise Walsh has a bit of a moan to make today to you all. I was very cranky this morning. Oh, the first first phone call. I thought it was me talking to myself (laughs) because I'm normally giving out. But it was your turn today. Termin' Feckin' and the chaos at the school this morning in Termin' Feckin' and the roadworks. You weren't happy. I wasn't happy. No, I just think it's ridiculous. I mean... The schools are running back. Roadworks, why couldn't they take place like last week when the schools were closed? Yes. It was on the bridge in Termenfecken. Yeah. Starting at half eight. Why could they not just delay it for the hour till half nine just to get the school run out? There was cars coming from the other side of Termenfecken, you know, where the shop side. Yes. That had to do a detour all around Blackhall, Sandpit, come back. The queue of cars going up nearly at Sandpit at one stage. Yes. Just ridiculous. I... You're you're you're, you're singing my song now. You're, you're I just you're, can't understand it. You're you're playing my tune here because I always say it honestly. Uh, there are key works to be done, but let's have some common sense from mm. the council and their contractors. The councils and their contractors, please. Let's have common sense. School times, please don't do it around those times. 
There should be works done out of hours, Louise, at night time. Yeah. There can be lots of work done at night. This is what they do. Or even in, late evening. It late, have yes, to be in the middle of the night. In places where they use their heads and they have a bit of common sense and brains and intellect. Not absolutely brainless in doing things like this and causing havoc at Termin Feckin School this morning. We are Termin Feckin School, Carol Louise, today. <laughs> are you mad as hell if you have anything to say about it? Or if you find this anywhere else across the North East or beyond that just this beggar's mm. belief, let I, us know. I, 086-1800-658 WhatsApp or text us to the show 0419832000 if you want to call in No I just felt sorry I'm sure like the, the poor devils that were working on the road got a bit of an earful this morning and you know they're only trying to do their job Yes But all they had to do was delay for an hour Somebody yep. could have just said well the school's open you know at quarter to nine or whatever maybe just start work at half nine when everybody's gone Listen on the Ballamakenny Road where I live outside the Drone I think it was last year uh, there's thousands of houses going mm. out a little country road with no way in or out or no plan to get in or out of it or I can't see any uh, amenities or facilities coming along with these thousands of houses on the north side of Drogheda. Uh This is another issue that is just really concerning. But anyway, getting back to the nub of the story, they had major works to do on the road. When did they start them? This morning. <laughs> no, 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 no. When did they start them last year? Just as the schools returned oh, in September. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. Just for the crack we'll do it when the schools come back and we'll do nothing for the whole summer and I know mm. the scheduling of work to, do, to be done and things like that but my God almighty I, fe- I felt her anger this morning oh I did <laughs> or, I'll tell you she was waspish on the end of the phone to me and this first morning. day in September when they went back to close car town road <laughs> First day. Uh, what else do you do? I think they you just m- want to get my blood pressure up. Yeah, you might as well laugh as cry. Anyway, mm. we're taking us to news and weather at two. It's Ronan Keating. Because we're loving each day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are, unless you're in traffic at Term and Feckin, like our Louise. I just see news coming in there of Drogheda United's Killian Phillips signing for Crystal Palace in the Premier League. No surprise. I've seen him playing a few times over the last couple of years. He's a hell of a young player. He really is. He is all that it could take to make the very top and I wish him all the very best. He's lovely family behind him as well and it's a great move for him and good to see that Drogheda are being compensated as they should be unlike the case of James Brown who signed for Blackburn and they get nothing from shocking, absolutely shocking that that happens. It really is a huge loss to them but a big gain today with Killian Phillips signing for Crystal Palace. I'm sure you'll hear more about that on our sports news uh, shortly. Now we move on on late lunch today and I'm joined by a young woman who's been based in Australia for a number of years but is back home at the moment and intending moving back home to Ireland in the near future and she's come up with a fantastic idea that caused her attention. It's an app called You Glow, and I'm sure she's glowing as she joins me on the Zoom. Elaine Doheny, welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you very much, Derry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for taking our call this afternoon. Well, just before we get into You Glow, you're home at the moment. I know you're in the southeast, in the Waterford area there. God almighty, there's a lot happening in Australia with this Djokovic fella, isn't there? There sure is. I hope they let me back in at some stage as well, Jerry. <laughs> um, it, it, it is. There's a lot happening. I'm I'm down here in uh, Portlaw County, Waterford, and uh, we're absolutely delighted to be reunited with family after three years. It's uh, it's been strange times, but uh, hopefully, good times ahead for everyone. Yeah, and what you intend doing, I believe, is you you are to go back, but your long term intention is it to come home and settle in Ireland. 
Yes, uh, I've been living in Australia for seven years and my husband is a Tipperary man. He's been there for 14 years, but we've just had our first baby, a little boy called DJ, and he's four months old. And we've brought him home to uh, to meet all of his family. And uh, yeah, that's our plan to, to come back, uh, to, to be with family, to, to settle down here in Ireland uh, at home. And um, for me to focus on Uglo, which uh, is very exciting for me. Uh, it's great to be uh, to be here launching it today. And uh, I, I'm really looking forward to sharing it with all of your listeners. Now this is a, a cool idea in my opinion because it covers the whole area which we're all interested in to be honest of health the areas of health, wellness and beauty all combined. Explain to our listeners today what your idea concept is. Yeah so Uglo is an app uh, that will connect professionals with health, beauty and uh, wellness, well-being customers who are looking for treatments in their home. Um, or they might be, for example, um, have you ever, uh, maybe you or your family have gone to a wedding in a county that you don't know and you might want to get your hair done yes. or your makeup done that morning and you don't know anybody in the area and um, maybe all the salons might be booked up with the locals who are going to the wedding. Uh, so you could log on to Uglow and you could um, post a, a glow is the term we use and you could um, find a professional in the area who might come to your home or, or your hotel or wherever you're staying, your Airbnb, whatever it is. Um, that's just one example. You, you know, you could also book maybe a personal trainer uh, to, to come and uh, everybody wants to get fit and healthy for the new year and set new intentions. So maybe you're looking for a personal trainer and you could log on to the app, post your request and then let professionals um, uh, respond to your request. I like this because the wedding thing or going to a function or an occasion in an area is certainly a point from a beauty point of view, the hair, all that type of thing. There is a captive market there, I'm sure. And the other thing that interests me is that, you know, and, and look, we're moving, please God, beyond the COVID where people will be able to move more freely and come to our homes. So in other words, this is where people are restricted by circumstances. Would being a new mum have put this in your mind or reinforce what we're talking about? <laughs> There's so many examples. Absolutely. Being a new mum, all you want to do is to feel yourself and for somebody to come in and give you a blow dry when you're sleep deprived would be lovely. <laughs> but even even since I've started sharing the idea with some of my family, um, you know, they've started saying to me that even elderly people who might, for example, feel a bit vulnerable about going out into the community at the moment, maybe they might want a podiatrist to come into their house and, mm. and treat them at home and in the comfort of their own home. And that peace of mind means an awful lot to people. So I, I'm wanting to put a call out to all of your listeners today, particularly those professionals um, who might be interested in increasing their revenue, having a bit more flexibility with their schedule, being able to work all over the country um, and also be part of a really supportive community who, who learn from each other. Um, we want those professionals uh, to log on to www.uglowofficial.com to register their interest. And once they register their interest, they'll be asked to fill in a little form and then we'll be in touch with them for more information. So the app is not available to download today. It will be in March. And what we're trying to do between now and March is actually get all of those professionals registered, mm. teach them how to use the app, make sure that they are comfortable so that when we launch, we give everybody a really great experience and uh, and hopefully then, um, you know, it'll take off from there, I suppose. So they're known as Glow Pros. And on the other side of the <laughs> equation are the Glow Getters. I like those little phrases. I really do. Glow Getters. 
Absolutely. Yes, uh, you have all the lingo, Jerry. Yeah, a glow pro we describe as somebody who is an ambitious self-starter who's working in the wellness and beauty industry and they're really passionate about what they want to, what they do. Uh, they're excited to grow their business and reach new clients and they're empowered by having control of their own career. So if that sounds like any of your listeners, get them to log on to www.uglowofficial.com and the U is the letter U, not yes. Y-O-U. Yeah, very important. And then the glow getters will be the customers. They are the people who are looking for these services, as you said, if they're away from home somewhere and they need something or to their own home as well. That won't be available. Those, that aspect is March. Is it March time? Yes. Now, if those people who are really keen and that they're the glow getters, they're really keen for more information, they can also go onto our website and they can sign up for more information and we'll be in touch with them and okay. keep them posted. Um, and yeah, I guess, you know, like you said, they're the people who want to um, use their time wisely and have meaningful experiences with their family and their friends and, um, you know, make time for themselves. And this is just an easy way for them to do that. Um, the idea kind of came to me at one example I had was, uh, when my own mother was uh, one of the, the carers for my elderly grandmother at the time and uh, she loves reflexology and she said to me one day she'd love if somebody came into the sitting room and would do reflexology on her while she was looking after granny at the same time mm. and uh, that that example just resonated with me and it stood with me and I'm sure there's lots of people out there like that who are trying to juggle lots of different things um, and would love uh, to be able to have somebody to come into their home and and treat them there. That's interesting. The other thing from afar, when you were in Melbourne, weren't you involved with a wedding or something and you had responsibilities (laughs) as bridesmaid? Was that it? I was. I was. I was living in Melbourne and the uh, the hen weekend for my best friend was on in uh, Roscommon and we were staying in an Airbnb in a really remote location and there was 20 girls uh, going to the Airbnb looking for blow dries and makeup to be done uh, on the night that we were heading out back in the day when we used to go out. <laughs> and um, from Melbourne, I was trying to organise that and it was really difficult to find one or two professionals on one platform to to do that and to book it and even to search all the different platforms it was really hard to get somebody to do it so Uglo I think solves that problem where it makes it easy for somebody who's trying to organize for a group or for an individual to uh to get treatments but you know it's not like I said it's not just um the the makeup and the hair as well it could be um a personal trainer uh it could be a stylist it could be a nutritionalist um I know a friend of mine recently who also just had a baby was looking even looking for a lactation specialist to to come and help her with her baby so there's so many opportunities where health well-being and um, beauty professionals can can get involved and and go to our website today and uh, register their interest This has wide implications in my book when I look at it. You know, this is potentially global. I'm sure you you, you realise this yourself. Is that where you see this going ultimately? It is, Jerry. to be honest, yeah. But it was really important to me that I tried to set this up in Ireland. Um, Ireland is where my heart is. And, you know, Australia has been a wonderful experience for my husband and I. But um, we've always wanted to come home to Ireland and... um, I, I really wanted to to launch it here, um, and obviously as it grows, we and um, you know our intention is that it goes global, and we'll probably you know focus on the UK next, and and um, you know go further beyond. But what that does for professionals is it actually gives them a chance to work anywhere in the world. You know, when we right. all get back to traveling freely again. 
um, you know, you might want to head off to Lanzarote for the summer and uh, you'd actually be able to pick up work there as well for, for the summer while you're there on holiday. So it just gives so much flexibility for, for people who've worked in an industry that, that they haven't had that much flexibility before. A lot of uh, corporate staff might have experienced it, but often in, in this industry, um, it's not a very flexible one. You're often busy when everybody else is off on, a, on their holidays. Look forward to seeing you standing in front of the dragons on BBC someday looking for a percentage of this multi-million pound business. Look at uh, you have to dream, you have to believe and I think you're onto something here and I want to wish you the very best with it. Thank you so much, Jerry. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you. Not at all. Thank you for joining me. That's Elaine Doheny there and her new business is Udlo. That's the letter, udloofficial.com. The information is there, but she's uh, onto something. I really do believe there with that idea and we wish her well. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio still to come on the show. We're on the road for the first time this year with Mr Tony Conlon. Yes, we're motoring today on the show and I promise you John McKeown will take your breath away at some stage on Late Lunch. So make sure you don't change the dial. Stay with us on LMFM Radio. It's time for your two on Tuesday on Late Lunch. Yes, round about this time every Tuesday on Late Lunch this year, please God. We're going to bring you a song, a famous song that never made number one. You might think, oh, that was a big number one. But these songs weren't. They were just denied the number one spot. They went to number two in the charts. And today... Well, they were a new wave band. I'm going back to 1981 for this one. It was mega at the time. I remember it well myself. Who am I talking about? Ultravox. Formed in 1974, really came on the scene in 76 when they adopted the name Ultravox. Fell away a little bit, but were revitalised in 79 when Midge Ure joined the band. And here they are with a massive number two that never made number one. Ah, brilliant all these years later. I remember rushing out to buy the single when it was riding high in the charts and my purchase couldn't push it to number one. It finished up at number two and never made the number one spot. Well, what kept it off the number one spot? Are you intrigued? Would you know? Louise, will you give it a little spin? I'm disgusted. Let's hear what was number one that kept Vienna off the number one spot. And the mama used to say all the time, What's the matter to you? No respect. What do you think you do? Why you look so sad? It's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. I shut up your face. That's my mom. I can remember. The Louise one is it then jumping up and it. down in the studio. That's a worthy number one. <laughs> That's brilliant. I could think of another word, but I'm not going to say it. Today. Oh, it makes you smile, Jerry. It's great. Joe Dolce. The video was brilliant. Oh, he's still alive. Hale and Hearty, 74 years young, lives in Ohio in the United States, Italian, Australian. She had that many backgrounds, to be honest with you. He kept Vienna off number one, that song. Because he made people smile, I reckon. Do you reckon? And laugh. Do you not think, though, Vienna was a wonderful song? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. But I'd say 
it was pipped by that song because that song made people smile. Folks, come on. There's going to be a, a vote taking place here now on late lunch this afternoon. Tell me. Bet you people have... Uh, Let's see what listeners think. Let's see what listeners think now. <laughs> Vienna, or should that be a face, from Joe Dolce. Joe Dolce or Ultravox? What do you think, folks? Come on, for the crack, let us know. Who are you with here? Are you with Louise and that nonsense <laughs> called Shut Up Your Face and Joe Dolce? <laughs> are you with me, the sophisticated music man? Shut Up Your Face. <laughs> <laughs> and we had 086-1800-658. Come on, 086-1800-658. We want to hear from you. WhatsApp or text us now to the show. If you want to pick up the phone, Joe, it's... Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> 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 320000. I'm not trying to influence you more. There's somebody here trying to do something little subversive here in looking for votes. I'm not saying too much. I just said my piece. I'm leaving it at that. Joe Dal- <laughs> Joe Dalton. What's the matter, you, Jerry? <laughs> Ultra Vox. Which is it, folks? Come on. 086-1800-658. For that crack, let's be hearing from you on late lunch this afternoon. Hey, Louise, what about the man who received the transplant in the States of the Pig's Heart? You saw the story? Incredible. Incredible science. It's all out of park. And there he is sitting up because, honestly, I heard uh, some of his surgeons speaking earlier today. They said Mm. he he would die. He would have died. He would not have lived. And he wasn't. Funny thing, Louise, they said he wasn't suitable for a human heart. Why was that? I can't find that answer anywhere. I can't figure that out either way they said that. But anyway, this is. Uh, a modified pig's heart, you know what I mean, mm. that they've been working on and they think it could revolutionise the saving Absolutely. of human lives down the road. Not not just in the immediate future, but in the near term as well. But my God almighty, uh, to see him sitting up mm. and, and then they don't know, they don't know, they're not, they're it taking it day, day by day yeah. at a time and to see what happens with it. But it is something else. So is a pig's heart the most, the closest to our heart? In, in terms of size-wise, um, and must I be, or they modified it. Um, I don't know much about them. Um, I never, I never ate a pig's heart. Did you ever eat a pig's heart? No, can't say I did. Did you ever eat a lamb's heart? No, can't say I did. Did you ever eat a beef heart, a cow's heart? <laughs> no, can't say I did. Jesus, how did they get into <laughs> eating hearts from saving people's lives with a heart? But you know me and food. Yes, she, uh, lamb's... Hannibal comes lamb, to mind. <laughs> it always comes back to the stomach, doesn't it? Lamb's heart, uh, beautiful. Oh, absolutely, I told you that before. Mother used to stuff them and sold them. Gorgeous. I have tasted the beef heart. I don't think I ever had a pig heart in my time. But I'm sure people enjoy them and eat them as well. But by God, it's been uh, used to save lives now and modified they say they have modified it genetically or whatever some kind of sugar or something yes 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 there's something like that of course but that it's just it it really is something else what happens down that line if like you know please god it would be hugely successful and he'd live for Mm, a number of years mm. but if he started uh, using this method then to save lives genetically yes would it be would that you know implications down the line I do not know. It's, uh, but it's an amazing, amazing science. So it is. Oh, running very close here on the poll. The votes are coming in. It's <laughs> neck and neck. I can't believe this. It's neck and neck with I can't Vienna. Believe. And should up your There's face. Not more than like should up your face. 
this is incredible that it's running so close <laughs> to the minute. I'm just watching them popping into the inbox there on the text and the WhatsApp as well. Which is it to be? Come on, folks. Vienna? Do you like Vienna? Or do you love, should up be your face, Joe Dolce, that kept it off the number one? 086-1800-658. Come on, keep them coming to us and we'll bring you a total I think by if the you end of the show. driving in your car to Vienna, <laughs> you'd be singing out loud. If you were driving in your car, listen to I should up your face, you'd be bouncing in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, tell them what you said to me when no. that was playing. Go on, tell them what you said to me. I'll, I'm, I'm out on you now. You're trying to influence the listeners. Louise said to me, is there a biscuit called Vienna? And I said, I don't think so. No, seriously, we were serious. I said, I don't think. I heard of a Viennese biscuit. You've done a little bit of research. Yeah, I was wrong. You were right. Uh, there's Viennese things, is there? There are Viennese, Viennese whirls or Viennese yeah, fingers, yeah, which is yeah. what I was thinking that's, of. That's that's yeah. all you had in your mind. That's all They're you had in your mind. They're influenced by... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Biscuits from yeah. Vienna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sticking to that. Anyway, Vienna is a lovely city. Vienna. Vienna is a lovely city, so it is you'd enjoy. I've never been to. I must try and put it on my bucket list sometime if I ever get out of the country again. I'm sinking fast. I need votes for Vienna. <clears throat> anyway, Tony Conlon, our motoring man, is on the line and back with us for 2022. Happy New Year, Tony. Happy returns, Jerry. Thank you for joining me again on the show. Well, I'm always jealous. You're a man I'm always... I'm not, not jealous of anything in my life, but I am of Tony Connell because he's the one man who always has the newest, latest and best set of wheels under his backside through the... And why wouldn't he have when he's so highly rated in the industry? Tony, talk to me about the Mac-E Ford Mustang. Well, I will be living there for a little bit longer, but I went down to Junction 14 there before Christmas, uh, just before Christmas to drive. It was launched. It was, it's the first production Ford ever developed from the ground up to deliver pure electric zero emission driving. And like it has the range. <clears throat> Excuse me, Jerry. The range is five different versions. Prices start at 53100 and rise up to 82000 It's an SUV. Uh, it's it is the, the science, the technology is stunning, and the thing about it is, it has the range, Jerry. The range, driving range, varies from from four hundred kilometres to six hundred and ten kilometres, depending on the on the one. There's there's one with a single rear wheel drive motor and a dual, another one with a dual motor all wheel drive system, and uh, and then one of them can deliver the top one can deliver not a sixty. Not to 100 kilometers acceleration in 3.7 seconds. But you know what? That's not what it's about. That's not what it does. You don't buy an electric car to go that kind of speed at all. You know, you get it for economy and put it in eco mode there. And there's different uh, different modes in the, on the vehicle itself. And here's a lovely drive, Jerry. Mm, it's a beautiful car. I know you've been waxing lyrical about it. And that range is good that you're off to 600 there. Now, the people will say, you know, it's an expensive car. 53,000 entry price going up to 82 as as well. For what you're getting, bang for your buck, size the car, all the technology in it, the range, the future... Is, yeah. the value, is, is it value for money at 53 for what, you know? Well, well do you know, it's an awful lot of money there considering what, what maybe government is getting over and taxes and everything else yes. there. You'd be, as well as saving, working a long time to save on fuel there at that sort of money. But if you're an enthusiast and you, you, you can get back some of the taxes or whatever, yes, I, I would definitely have a look at it. Now, the thing about it is Ford are very wise to use the Mustang name. There's no doubt at all about it. And this car has been fully tuned suspension-wise for European roads and narrow roads and bumpier roads, that sort of thing. Uh, the, the amount of high-tech, Jerry, is 
phenomenal. Mm. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Just just to have a system here, phone as a key, which enables key fob free entry by recognising the owner's smartphone. Now, says you, what happens if the smartphone goes flat? Well, they've even thought of that too. You just go up to the B pillar, that's the central pillar between the doors, and there's a code there. You put in your code, press it in there with your finger. Uh, how quick will it charge? You can charge it up to a hundred, cover 119 kilometres in about 10 minutes using the quick charger. That's a 150 kilowatt. But it goes to show you uh, how, 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 how the thinking behind this and the marketing behind this and, and the fact I go back to using the name again because there's no question at all about it. Many a time I've drove the five litre Mustang and my God, it does leave a lasting memory. There's no question at all about it. And it will push your head back into the seat the headrest if when you press the accelerator and you know Jerry the electric will do the very exact same without that big roar mind you yeah. but there is different sounds to you can set on the car itself but uh, look even has an advanced you know recognise 15 different European languages uh, by just and I put that would control sat nav and entertainment and your radio and Said you can say, Mister Mustang, put on the heat, please. Put mm. on LMFM, please. Oh, that's the important one. Put on LMFM, please. You must say that to your smart speaker and and your car as well. Hey, Tony, do I detect? Do I detect Tony Conlon, the petrol head, becoming Tony the electric head? No, not not, not quite yet. No, I'm getting there. Yep, I, 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 I I'm getting there. Now I could be a hundred with the help of God again. I'm there, <laughs> but but uh, I'm taking this very slowly now because. As you said, you've nailed it there, Jerry. Like, if you get up to 600 or like that, uh, and I know someone will ring in maybe and say, Tesla, there's a Tesla going to come out and do 1200 and all that. Uh, look, I, we're, going to, we're, going to, we're going to get there. It's going to happen eventually. Right? Yep. But there's still a lot of signs out there. And I've been driving a few vehicles. I've been driving a little van there, and a little kangaroo. Absolutely marvellous little thing, but it only does about 170 kilometres. Mm-hmm. And it's such a handy little van, and the little kangaroo has got bigger and bigger. But it's it was battery, it was electric, and it was very nice. I drove a two double O A Fusion, absolutely electric, over the Christmas period. And the thing about it is, people want to remember too. You have to do your research because I was caught out once a little bit on a very very cold day, and it, it delivers less coverage. So if I was going fifty seven kilometres of a journey, it might take eighty or ninety kilometers to get there if you know what I mean yes so that's a very cold weather so here's here's the plan I would have or, and I would advise people in a family in a family situation that that it's a two car family you have to look and see what your needs are you have to like, it's like dressing yourself you have to stand in front of the mirror and say do I need a boot do I play golf do I need to put two child seats or three in the back of the car what is my needs what coverage am I doing what mileage am I doing how much is the cost to me presently and what will I save by doing it but I would have a go I'd nearly have a stab now if I had a second if I was a second car uh, I'm going electric and I probably would look at something that's you have the 208 you have the Opel Corsa you have you have uh, 2008 also you have the, the Mazda MX-30 there's so many electric the little Honda the Honda E 
and I probably would look that direction, Jerry. Okay. So what you're saying basically is that where you have somebody doing the miles, needs a main car, travelling a bit, well, you know, that's a situation you've got to look at more intensely. But if you have the second car, this is an opportunity to dip your toe into this market. But before you go all electric at that, talk to me about, because I know you've been driving them. You've had the Ford Puma. You've had yes. the Toyota Yaris hybrid as yes. well. The Puma, a mild hybrid. The Yaris, a full hybrid. They are very interesting options, aren't they? Yeah, well, look, stick with the Puma for a moment. The, the, the Puma, the Puma, uh, other than looking a beautiful-looking vehicle with its bug eyes and everything else, and it has an ingenious boot system and, and a, a, a large literage of 456 and 80 underneath that, that big hole that you can put up your golf clubs or whatever. And, uh, and it, But it will do... At about ten percent of savings on your running, it produces a hundred and twenty-three brake horsepower. Unlike a full hybrid, which has the capability to run on electric power, uh, the Puma doesn't do that. But it is that forty-eight volt power system is engine power functions such as acceleration, economy, mm. and torque. Now that is a step one yes. can go. Okay, rather than taking a big bite out of a cherry. Just yep. that's one. Now the the, the the Aris is a pure hybrid as such. And what I love about the, this Toyota, I mean, we had a little word at Christmas about it, is it does what it says in the tin. If you put it in eco mode, now I don't keep saying eco mode here, because if you buy a car for economy reasons, you're going to drive it economically, are you not? So put it in eco mode, the, this one costs 24865 Yaris is one litre start at no. but to go up there, it's a bit expensive, but it will do over 60 miles a gallon if you try a little, little bit at all. Uh, and don't be too heavy on the CBT uh, gearbox. In other words, CBT is like all numbers and numbers and numbers of gears. And this one is greatly improved in UCC, UCVT in the Toyota. It will do the mileage. And that's what I love about it. And it's a beautiful looking car. Yeah, no, it is. It's a cracker, all right. Now, there's lots happening uh, on the uh, car scene over the coming months, and I'm sure you're looking forward to what's coming down the line. But just to touch on a few of what we can expect, Tony, this year, where are some shakers and movers bringing in new models, new concepts? Who Who's yeah, up well, to what? But just give me one second now. Uh, you have an awful lot happening uh, in relation to, for example, Mercedes is... There's that many electric models. I think we did mention that again before Christmas too. Yeah. They've enough and of electric models. But interestingly, Toyota will have a car. I don't know how to. I don't know what you call this thing. It's there's a habit uh, in Europe. Uh, shortly enough, the B Z four X. Now, if there's ever a name not suitable for a car, it has to be that the B Z four X. That's the model. That's the name of the model, BZ4X. Yeah, battery is all electric vehicle and it will make its debut in Europe shortly. And then Renault, Megane, which won the top top year award, uh, Megane Electric, uh, that's around, that will be around two. Then the Cupra, the Cupra Born, which is in for the European car of the year. It's one of the seventh nominee for the European car. And watch Nissan. Nissan are going to have an awful lot too. So you know, every car company out there at the moment will have electrics coming on board. There's mm. no question at all about that. But that's, you were after hitting it there. If you, if you don't mind, may I just say something? In relation to, another way you could go is the plug-in. Mm. Right? But I want just listeners to just take in one thing, please, today. It's whatever we mention here, do your own research on it. Because when I mention plug-in, plug-in, Jerry, can go, they're getting better. 
that can go from 50, 60, 70 pure electric driving. Uh, I'll up to that. Another one might be touching the 100 nearly now, but we'd say you're going to get about 60 to 70 kilometres. That means if you're short running every day, you could drive in pure electric, just charges. And then if you run at the weekend and you want to go down and see someone to go off down the country, well, you have the, you have the petrol engine the or the diesel en- yes. engine in the likes of Mercedes use more diesel than petrol. Now, here's the thing about it. If you go into a showroom, ask, we call the car, car A, ask what is the weight of car A with the petrol or diesel engine in it. And then ask what is the the weight of the car A plus that has the plug-in. Mm. Because examples are out there, Jerry. I won't mention one because I just could get into a little bit of trouble, but research has shown that there's an SUV out there that weighs 400 kilos more than the diesel equivalent because there's a petrol engine and electric motors and batteries. And that's where the way. Now, 400 kilos means you are carrying 16 bags of cement that you don't really need. And you're carrying it 24-7, by the way. Mm. Or eight, 50 kilo bags a meal. So just check the weight factor, because that weight will affect other matters. Now, that's a very interesting point to make, because you are moving in the right direction, but with that weight, it's going to affect economy and what you get, etc., and all that type of stuff. But here's the thing, Tony. Obviously, with time, and whoever that is, or uh, the manufacturers, obviously have to address this, that that uh, weight situation has to be reduced. It does, it does, and it will all happen in time. In time, yeah. It will all happen in time, but but remember one thing. Uh, if you want to taste a taste of going, I, I think you're right, Jerry. I go I go hybrid, and I go mild hybrid either. So again, I'm a little bit worried because come, we're now 2022, so eight years' time, that engine is going to be gone. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. You won't say, it'd be all right to buy one secondhand, but you won't be offered plug-ins because their engines, they have diesel or petrol, but the plug-in will be gone. Yes. And that's what we're, that's yes. what we're being told. Yeah. So it's it's all about deep breaths at the moment and doing your research and looking at your needs and saying to yourself, can you get away with this, you know? And the other thing I have to say to you, if you don't mind me saying it, is our government and our ministers, and bless them all, but a lot of people want us to go electric. Mm. Now, if they want us to go electric, they have to, as fellow says, entice us some way. And a simple way to entice us, without giving big, huge grants, but it could entice us, is that if I go down the town this afternoon, that there's not a big van belonging to a plumber, as it just happened to me, blocking the, the charging area which I want to charge my car. And then next to it, because there are usually two, there's two in each side of the end of trim, and the other one, here's a Tesla in it that's not plugged in and someone availing a free park. Now, here's the amazing thing all they have to do. And there's enough of pens above and all there that sign a little bit of paper and introduce a bylaw because I spoke to the traffic warrants and I was told they've done nothing wrong because there's no bylaws. Yeah. So that needs enacting if we're serious about making these charge points available and that they're not, not occupied by people who are not using them and causing difficulty for people who've made the step down the road to a greener motoring. Tony, uh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a good call uh, to make today to finish off with us. Tony, lovely to hear from me again. Talk to you in February. Plenty of new motors on the way, loads to be thank discussed. And uh, thanks for joining us today uh, to review those new cars and more besides. Thanks, Tony. Happy 
New Year. Take care now. Bye bye, bye bye. That's Tony Conlon there, our motoring man on late lunch. We're back in the moment and we bring you the result of the poll. Is it Vienna? Or should that be a face? You're going to find out in a minute. Oh, yeah, I have a very special request here. There are some people listening to us abroad today. Are there many listening abroad? But Jermaine McCain and Catherine McGuinness are listening to us in the Canaries today and really enjoying the show. I'm so jealous. The heat out there must be just lovely, Louise, at the minute. Anyway, enjoy your time there. And thanks for tuning in. And we're delighted you're enjoying the show. Now, my... Two on Tuesday today was Vienna by Ultravox. Fantastic song. And as you heard, if you're with us this afternoon, Joe Dolce and should that be a face, uh, kept it off the number one spot. I couldn't believe it. And we asked you, our lovely listeners, to decide, well, which one do you really like? Do you understand why Joe Dolce was number one and Vienna didn't make it? I was quite confident that we had, you know, a real taste for music in late lunch land and... <laughs> Why are you looking so sad? Exquisite. It's not so bad. I'm going to cry now. What am I at here at all? I'm starting to question myself. I've been hammered. I've been hammered. (laughs) Sometimes it's not about the musical excellence. It's just about making people happy. (laughs) Miss Louise Walsh has won the day with Joe (laughs) Dolce and I'm taking my football home (laughs) I'm going home with my ball he's going to play because I'm tearing up the script here I've had had enough of this altogether anyway come on you might as well do it we're due a song at this time have you got it there play it for them on Jerry C (laughs) I'm going home Mama used to say, don't stay out the lane with the bad boys. You already know it. But you're watching the television, the words are going to come on. Oh, in the name of God, will you get rid of that real quick? Take them off the airwaves before I actually you were run smiling. out of the place, man. How can I ever show my face again? Oh, no, seriously. It is one of those songs that you sing along to, isn't it? And that's what took it to the top at the time. Sure, it was everywhere, all over the place. People I'm there. just wondering, was it a time where people needed a song like that. Mm. I don't know, was there something happening in the world? No idea. Maybe they, people a- just needed a song like 81 that. in Ireland. Mm. The pit. It was disastrous. Unemployment through the roof. Inflation through the roof. No work. People emigrating. I remember it well. I was lucky I got a job at the time in the uh, public service and only for that, I don't know where I'd have gone. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know what I would have done. Uh, you know, it was... Terrible times, it really was, and I suppose there you go. That's why that bit song of escapism, got to one. yeah. And uh, people, you know, pushed it up all the way. And I'm sure it wasn't just Ireland. There was a recession all across the world and Europe, but Ireland was particularly bad hit at that time. On a serious note, but there you go, Joe Dolce, alive and well, seventy four years of age, living in the states, and still, I say, be a face. <laughs> <laughs> I needn't show me face anywhere again after that. Never mind. <laughs> should that be a face? Um, you weren't watching. Uh, I watched the program last night. Well, there was football on the telly, but it was Manchester United. And you might as well be watching paint dry. They were desperate. I don't know how they beat Aston Villa. Anyway, there's another on the on the next channel, next door on BBC Two. It's a program about Dubai, Louise, and the way Dubai has developed. You know, in the last major 30, tourism 40 destination years. Now, yeah. Oh my God! I I I know, and our Sandra Finnegan loves it as well as a regular visitor. And she's always been waxing lyrical about. It. But when you saw it last night. It's an incredible place. Oh, my God. Absolutely incredible. Of course, driven by the oil wealth 
of, mm. of the sheiks that uh, and they run it. It's a an authoritarian country, but people don't seem to mind it. Loads of expats from this neck of the woods have gone living there. But the even luxury, for a few years, just to save for a house deposit. Oh my God, the luxury and the wealth. I was looking at a real estate company there, and an English guy was top of the pops in it. And the money you could make if you made sales, you know what I mean, yeah. as a salesperson. Commission like. Unbelievable, so it was. It really was unbelievable. Uh, but uh, part two on next week, if you missed it uh, last night, and I think there's a third part on it as well, on BBC Two on Mondays, around about nine, about Dubai. It's how the other half live as you sit on this side uh, of things and look across. Late lunch, LMFM radio, coming up after three on the show. Yes, the soundtrack from Pretty Woman is my focus this week on the show and John McKeown he will have you holding your breath out of breath minding your breath or whatever stay with us thanks indeed for all your comments let's get back to some of them Jerry. I sympathise with Louise and all who are affected in Termin Feckin this morning with the roadworks it's not just in the northeast here I was in Dublin just before Christmas they were putting the decorations on the quays near the Hapney Bridge at rush hour they had a couple of cranes. Pedestrians couldn't pass. You had to step out on the road. Buses whizzing up and down. And they don't care for human beings. Ridiculous. The brains. Where are they, says Mairead. Thanks indeed for that. Jerry, in the name of God, will you dump that song? Thank God there's somebody on my side. It's worse than Papa Smurf and the oldest swinger, says a listener. I'm with you on that, but we're, we're in the minority today, to be honest with you. Um, should play that song for government ministers, says another listener. Oh, I've, I, I've rankled United fans, or a couple of them anyway. They say, we won more than you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm bothered. Am I bothered? Am I bothered? Am I really? Oh, it's killing me. It's killing me. Anyway, there you go. Some of your comments to the show. Thank you. We appreciate them. Now, it's time for the soundtrack from movies and musicals on Late Lunch. It's a movie this week, uh, and I'm talking about Pretty Woman. Did you know that the movie was never meant to be a rom-com? It was actually conceived as a dark drama about prostitution in Los Angeles during the 1980s. It was. There was also to be a drug theme, uh, but when then Walt Disney president Jeffrey Kazenberg well, he saw it and he actually tore up the script and told the writers to go back and rewrite it as a modern day fairy tale and love story. Wasn't he a wise man? The title was originally to be 3000. Pretty Woman. The title 3000 sounds more like sci-fi to me. More uh, like sci-fi than a love story for sure. But when the revised script appeared and was pitched to Touchstone Pictures, they snapped it up immediately and the new title emerged, yes, Pretty Woman. Casting for the main roles, well, it took a long time because many people were auditioned for the male role in particular and the likes of Al Pacino turned it down. And even Richard Gere, he balked at it initially. But when Julia Roberts got the role, she met him, the female lead, she met him and convinced him to take it on, which he did. Incidentally, Roberts herself wasn't first choice either to play Vivian with the likes of Winona Ryder, Molly Ringwald and Una Thurman all being considered, along with Meg Ryan, who was the studio's number one pick. But eventually, the virtually unknown Roberts, then 21 landed the part and the rest is history here's another big number from Pretty Woman
Ah, superb. What a song. One of the great songs from my soundtrack this week from the movie Pretty Woman Roxette there. And sadly, the lead singer of Roxette passing away recently. A wonderful, timeless number indeed. And that song, number one all over the world when it was released in 1990. Except the UK. It only went to three in the UK, but number one virtually everywhere else. More about uh, Pretty Woman in words and song round about this time tomorrow. Some breaking news for you. The government are proposing a double bank holiday this year around St. Patrick's Day. Two days off at St. Patrick's Day to commemorate all those who've lost their lives in the pandemic with a new bank holiday coming in in 2023 on St. Bridget's Day. That's next year on St. Bridget's Day. But more about that you'll hear through the afternoon and evening here with us on LMFM News. Final break of the day. Takes your breath away. Yes, that was a different movie, wasn't it? Take my breath away. I'm trying to think what movie that was. Anyway, my next guest will take your breath away. I must do that one. It's from Top Gun, of course. It is. Yes, that's coming as one of my movies down the road. But anyway, to take your breath away or maybe help you keep your breath if you hit the cold water. John McKeown is with us next. Good on you, listener. Walked down Rodeo Drive and went to Beverly Wilshire Hotel a few years ago on the Pretty Woman theme. Uh, must have been a great experience and uh, being where this uh, film was based around parts of it as well. Now, I was watching Claire Byrne last night. Thank God she didn't mention that Amorok smart poll. If I hear that again, I'll crash my head through the telly. Anyway, <laughs> she didn't last night. And I actually, I, th- I don't know if I dozed to sleep, but I missed my good friend Keith Barry. I think it was Emma O'Neill was with him as well. They were about to jump into barrels of iced water. And it put a man in mind today uh, to us on Late Lunch, who's joined us previously on the show. His name is John McKeown, and he is a teacher of the Wim Hof method of breeding, and he joins us on the line. Hello again, John. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Did you see that thing last night with Keith, or did you happen to be watching it? No? Uh, I don't watch too much television. Good on you. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you have it sauce. But anyway, look at it was a big barrel of iced water and they were getting into it. I'm sure they were talking about the benefits of jumping into iced water for the body, mind and soul. You teach this Wim Hof method. Remind us again, what's the purpose of it, John? Okay, well the Wim Hof it's based on three pillars breath work, cold exposure and mindset. Okay, and there's lots of benefits. There's benefits from the breath work, there's benefits from the cold, and obviously there's benefits from the mindset. So an ice bath, for example, is a physical and a mental challenge. Um, The benefits are you produce more white blood cells, so it boosts the immune system. Uh, You produce a short spike of dopamine and adrenaline, so when you get out, you actually feel on a high. It feels very good for you. Um, and that's just from the cold alone. The breath work, uh, you produce anti, you, you make your blood more alkaline very quickly. Now, it obviously will return back to its normal uh, level, but you also produce what's called anti-inflammatory hormones. So anybody who suffers from autoimmune diseases, it has a, a benefit to those sort of ailments. And he's working with scientists to back all this up. So there is a lot of scientific studies to, to prove that this actually works. So there are so many benefits, and you've just listed some of them there. I'm looking at it here. More energy, better sleep, concentration improved. If you feel a bit low on yourself, this will lift your mood as well. It sounds just all-encompassing uh, when it comes to bettering our health. 
It is, it is and it's 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 simple. Now, I mean, the third pillar was com- uh, mindset and commitment. So it takes a, a, a bit of a mindset to actually get into your shower and at the end of the shower turn it down to cold because uh, that's how you start off. You take your normal shower and the last 15 seconds you turn it to cold. And that's a shock to the body, shock to the system. But you build that up. There's a thing called the 20-day cold shower challenge where you try to increase that time over 20 days, get your body acclimatized to the cold. And when you do that, it actually, believe it or not, becomes enjoyable. So you're saying to our listeners today that if you start this and do 15 seconds at the end of your shower, up it, up it, up it gradually, and stay in it then if you can for a few minutes, that yeah. you will reap the benefits. You don't have to jump into a, an, an ice barrel. No, 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 you don't. I mean, the ice bath is, is, is the, I suppose, the extreme end yeah. of it. You don't have to do that. Um, you can do this just with cold showers. I mean, especially now in the wintertime, the showers are cold. Uh, so it's uh, um, you just start off with that, and you will feel the benefits. You'll see when you get out of the, of the shower, it just sets you up. I start my day with a cold shower, and it just sets you up for the day. It wakes you up, obviously, because it's cold. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> does, and shrinks all those bits. You know yeah, what I mean yeah, as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, but here, tell me this: you, what you teach people is, and this is the important thing, that this Wim Hof method is tr- the breathing method that enables you to endure this. It's, yes, so uh, when you do the breathing, the breathing allows you, it, it makes the cold easier. Yeah. Now you don't, but you don't have to do the t- two together. Okay. Okay, but, but normally we would, we would tell people to do the breath work and then take the, the, the cold shower because it does help. It makes the, you actually, believe it or not, doing the breath work, you release adrenaline, which makes you more geared up for the cold. Okay. But you don't have to do that. Now, this is important to say. People are listening to us today and may go to try this. There are a few categories of people that should not do this. Yeah, so if you're pregnant, if you suffer from epilepsy, or if you have um, heart conditions, you should not do this. That bloody will rules me out and me going to start it. I'll just <laughs> yeah. have to have a burger. I'm not going to... <laughs> no, I'm only joking. You're not pregnant, are you? <laughs> Jesus, that would be the miracle of miracles, I have to say to you. But look, at, come, I just want to come back and, and for people to try this, because this is a simple thing you can do in your own home in your shower. So you, what did you say? Start off with 15 seconds. Take me through that again and increase it to what? Okay, so start off. On your, on your first day, you have your normal shower. Yep. In the last 15 seconds, turn it down to cold. Okay. Okay? And you build that up and you try after 20 days to, to try and stay in for two minutes. Okay, that's the aim of the game. Two minutes yeah. after 20 days. Now, now, just to say, the first day is tough. The second day is worse because you know what's coming. And that's when it becomes a mental challenge. Yes. And so you're developing your mind. You say, no, because you know, the, the two voices in your head, the negative fellow will be saying, don't do this, don't do this, it's cold. But you don't listen to him. You try and think positively and say, no, I'm going to do this. So it, it's also a mental challenge. Yeah. And you build that up all the time. So it's, it's a great way to start the day. You start the day off on a win. And you feel good, it wakes you up. Now, you on 22 1 22, I love the date, John, 22 1 22, which is the 22nd of January, at 10 30 in the morning until 2 o'clock, are teaching this method. I'm teaching this method. Uh, so, I, I live in Colin up on Mount Oriel, and, uh, you know, I teach the method. We go through the science behind it, we teach people. The slight variations of the breathing technique, we, we go through the science behind it, we show them the studies that have been done, and then we practice the breathing with these, with these people, 
And then we talk about mindset and how the mind thinks um, or doesn't with some people. But anyway, and then uh, we, 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 we get them ready for an ice bath and we get them all into an ice bath. And people come to the workshops who have never even taken a cold shower. And uh, it's all to do with trying to stay relaxed and changing how you, you breathe. Mm. And the, I always say breath control is stress control. If you can change the way you breathe, you can, you can you know, cont- control yes. how, the stress levels. And, and, and besides the shower and, uh, you know, being taught this, what's its practical application in life? For me, is 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 boost to my immune system. So um, I'm not saying I never get sick, but I rarely get sick. Touch wood, and I would recover very quickly. The cold actually produces more white blood cells, and I have had people who've been here with certain conditions. I won't go into them, and and their white blood cells uh, have, have improved significantly. Um, so that's that's one. And then, as I said, the mental thing is, is huge. You mm. feel you feel you, you, you release dopamine. And you also release um, what's called norepinephrine or noradrenaline. And people who suffer from uh, depression or any of those sort of illnesses have low levels of that hormone that's naturally in our body. So yes. anybody who's suffering from depression, the cold will actually help them. There you go. So there are so many benefits to this. And when I think of it, you know, you can begin this journey in your shower in the mornings as you shower and start off down this road. How do people book with you for this uh, day? 22-1-22. I love it. Go on. Yeah. So um, I, I'm on Facebook. It's called Loving Oxygen. And yep. I'm also on Instagram, Loving Oxygen. So there and you I go. do them every couple of weeks. So there's one this uh, this weekend and the following weekend and then I've got some lined up in February Lovely, lovely, so loving Oxygen, you'll find out all about this man John McKeown and what he does It's fascinating, I know and uh, the benefits, well do they outweigh the 15 seconds to 2 minutes shivering in the shower, they certainly <laughs> do John, you're a good one, thank you for joining me I wish you well Alright, yeah, we'll have to get you in someday as well Oh Jesus <laughs> <laughs> I may get that pig's heart at a transplant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, John, yes, I'll talk to you, I promise you. Take care of yourself, John. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. 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 That's John McKeown there. Fascinating, isn't it? It is fascinating, and there's a lot to be said for it. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on the show again today. We've enjoyed it. Hope you have too. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Fantastic music. Stay with us here on your number one station. Tomorrow on the show, Louise, help me out here. I do know we have two gentlemen who between them, listen to this, have lost 20 stone in the last year. Yes, Louise, this is some story. The two boys are going to talk to us tomorrow. And we have... We're also going to um, give you five options on how to save on your health insurance. Correct, correct, correct. You know, my old head here, I don't remember what I did a minute ago. That is true. (laughs) Health insurance renewals all coming up all over the place at the minute. And we have a wonderful lady who can help you and direct you with your health insurance and save you money. God, you won't get a better deal than that anywhere in the country country tomorrow afternoon. Anyway, that's it for Tuesday. Have a lovely evening and do come back and join us for your late lunch tomorrow at 1.30. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jordan and Dogan Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sendero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.